Views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. And now, Carl and Linda Bott. This is Free Fire Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Free Fire Radio here in the studios at KCNR 96.5 FM at 1460 AM. Your talk radio with Carl Bott. Usually Trish Clark, but uh, we'll talk about Trish in a second here. No, she's fine. She's fine. Don't worry. Uh, Today, the leap day. Leap. Is it leap year day? The 29th of February happens every 10 years. And uh, the time is 7.05 in the morning. News brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Caring, Compassion, Community, Shasta Regional Medical Center. I have Christina in here. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thank you for inviting me here. Uh, let me think here. Do you have a lot of friends who has birthday the 29th of February? Really? Is that a Ukrainian thing? I have a few friends, so they're kind of almost 30, but they actually celebrate only four years. Only four years, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what's special? Well, today's late. Uh, what do you call this? Leap year day? Leap, leap, day. leap day, call. Leap day. Okay. Anything else? And also National Toast Day. National Toast Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Let's talk weather. And my friends, stand by. Hang on. Strap in. Today's showers. With a south wind 18 to 23 miles per hour, increasing to 29 to 34 miles per hour in the morning. It could gust as high as 4, 45 miles per hour. So as a wind advisory out, it's going to rain. Tonight, showers low around 39 with gusts as high as 24 miles an hour. Friday, showers with thunderstorms, also possible after 4 p.m., high near 51, gust of wind up to 32 miles per hour, and showers and probably a thunderstorm Friday night. Now, it's going to go down to uh, about uh, 37, so that's not too bad. Now, Saturday, rain showers, thunderstorms, high winds, possible snow. Though I did look at the uh, weather report on Channel 7, and it doesn't look like any snow here, but we are going to be getting snow in Shingletown, Mount Shasta, and we're going to have significant amounts of snow. So stand by for them closing the freeway again, as they usually do, what, 10 miles north of here at, where is that? Where do they usually? Fondale? Fondale, thanks. That's my guest. He knows. He should know, and you're going to meet him <laughs> in a second. Uh, if he didn't know, I'd start to question. Right, <laughs> right Anyway, the so back. stand by. You know, when it gets bad, there it goes at Fondale. Uh, so possible snow, though, like they said, maybe not down here in Reading, which is good, but still the weather's going to suck. Sunday, rain and show <laughs> snow showers likely becoming all rain after 10 a.m. Monday, chance of showers, but then it starts to clear up, partly sunny. And then, but Monday night, a chance of showers, and Tuesday, a slight chance of showers, but partly sunny. So stand by for this weekend. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of rain, but hey. Uh, and it's going to be chilly, and it's going to get down into the 30s. And hopefully, this is it. 
in March coming in like a lion, and then it starts getting a lot nicer. Weather reports always brought to you by Shasta Gas Propane out of Anderson. They don't bring you the weather. They bring you the weather reports, okay? There is a difference. Family-owned, locally-owned, locally-operated. It's a veteran-owned business. They just do outstanding service for their customers. They do treat their customers like warm friends. Uh, they have discounts for seniors and veterans and other payment programs. They're just good people, the Kenny family. Give them a call, 530-365-3793. Okay. Usually the weather report's not that long, but we don't have weather like this. And our guest today is Alan Long, running for Supervisor District 2, and this is the first time I've had you on. We may have met at some point over the last 14 years, but... I'm not sure what it would be. You've never been on the show. No, no, never oh. have. Well, always the first. Always the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who's Alan Long? Who is Alan Long? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, who are you? Uh, who am I? For yes. people that don't. Pe- people have a right to know. Yes. Uh, so I've been in this community uh, for 32 years. Moved here in 1991 when I transferred up to Reading Police Department. Uh, by way of background, grew up in the Bay Area, um, went all the way through college there. My first job uh, was uh, coming out of college down in the Bay Area and eventually transferred up to Reading. What, as, what college did you go to? So I went to UC Berkeley, Cal. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> no, so I went. Uh, well, that, okay, that opens up this whole folder of questions. Okay, okay. there you go. That, no, that I'm offshoot. Kidding. I'm kidding because I, no. I know other people went to Berkeley and very... I mean, they're not out there. Let me put it that way. No, no. I was I went through the business school at Berkeley, um, and that's a separate uh, entity within the university. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people in that that school were very conservative and very uh, so. It's contrary to the image of Berkeley, very conservative, and uh, they just wanted to get out and get their career started. Yeah, and it's got a good business school, and it's got a good business school. Okay. So I went through that and. Uh, was majoring in accounting all the way through my senior year. I was going to be a CPA. Decided that wasn't for me. So I kind of switched it up in my last semester, and luckily most of my credits transferred over. And I uh, graduated with a degree in finance. Okay. Uh, went to work. Uh, Bank of America went through their management training program right out of Cal. And uh, came out, and I was a commercial loan officer, lending uh, analyst, that kind of thing. So I was working with businesses and lending uh, to them, and so you have a financial background. Have a financial yeah. background. Okay, correct. So <laughs> then, what happened? <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting question. So uh, I had a couple friends that were police officers down in the Bay Area. One was Highway Patrol, and one was local. And so I decided that uh, that was a place that I could make a real impact and uh, have a very meaningful uh, career uh, where I really helped the community and helped people. So. I switched over and I went to went through the police academy down there and I spent about five years working down in that area and then I transferred up to Reading. In San Francisco or one of the surrounding? Uh... Yeah, I, w- I started with Santa Clara County with the okay. Sheriff's Department, so they put me through the academy um, and then I transferred up to San Mateo Police up on the peninsula right south of the airport. Uh, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, we, my uh, parents lived in Burlingame. Oh, right next door. Yeah. 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 I think my sister went to school. In San Mateo, but I'm not sure. CSM, I, probably. Well, no, it was yeah, high school, whatever. That oh, was. high school. Okay. Yeah, that was how long ago it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, back in the uh, 60s. Okay, so how'd you get up here? So um, I've always been attracted to a rural lifestyle. 
uh, personally, and obviously that's not the Bay Area. And uh, it may be uh, now. No, it may, yeah. Um, I love the natural resources. I like to fish and ride my dirt bike and hike and Trinity Alps and all those kinds of things. So I started looking around the state, and I figured Redding was the place for me. So transferred up, came to work for Redding Police Department in 1891, and uh, spent the bulk of my police career up here in Redding. Spent 20 years. Did you get married before or after you came up here? Got married before. Okay. So, yeah. And how did wife feel about that, coming up to Reading from, you know, down there in the glamorous areas? Well, we were new. We were, we were new and young, and she was up for the adventure. Great. So I'm glad it happened. Yeah. And then how long were you in the uh, Reading Police Department? Uh, just under 20 years. Okay. So. Yep. And I'm looking, I'm looking at Sue out there. Is it getting hot, Sue? <laughs> okay, I'll turn down the heat here. We have a hole in the window, so we have a tendency to turn up the heat. So uh, Yeah, your view is great. Yeah, it, it's going to be, be uh, greater uh, on Saturday because they're, they're repairing. They're putting a new window on. I like, I like yeah. the sheet. Yeah. yeah, you like that sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, now I can still see if somebody's got their face up against the window. The white, I, they do that. I don't know. Probably fall in on them. <laughs> okay, we're here with uh, Alan Long. And uh, he just told us about his background and how he got up here. He's been on the police department here at RPD. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the issues. This portion of the show brought to you by Cornerstone Community Bank. Cornerstone Community Bank is a local bank, a local, local board of directors. Uh, they've been in the business about 17 years, and they've been moving local dreams forward since the day they opened. Uh, we do business. We do our banking with uh, – Cornerstone. And I like it. It's kind of like the cheers of banks. When I walk in, they know me. And I would I would recommend Cornerstone Community Bank. they got four branches, one Red Bluff, two right here in Redding, one down in Anderson. And uh, if you want some more information, just stop in or go to bankcornerstone.com. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while a floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. Everybody has been dealing with the availability of homeowner's insurance in Northern California. Companies not writing your home insurance anymore are leaving the state altogether. Siskiyou Insurance has hired a specialist specifically for dealing with a homeowner's crisis here in Shasta County. He specializes in what the market is doing, coverages, and which companies may be able to help. Call Brian Dews at Siskiyou Insurance Services for your home or auto consultation. Siskiyou Insurance Services, 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in that leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. 
I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. Taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. 30 years ago, Simpson University arrived in Reading with a promise to serve the North State. Warmly welcomed by this far Northern California community, we forged lasting partnerships, serving our neighbors locally as well as globally. Building on our promise, Simpson University now offers over 20 degree programs. Our promise to be the gateway to world service begins in our backyard. Learn more about Reading's hometown university at simpsonu.edu. Dr. Eric and Tiffany Blasengame present Amazing Pollinators, on display now through May 27th at the Turtle Bay Museum. Immerse yourself in this visually stunning, game-based role-play adventure that explores the colorful and diverse world of pollinator and plant relationships. Amazing Pollinators at Turtle Bay Museum was created by Minotaur Mazes, a company specializing in interactive maze exhibits. Learn more at turtlebay.org. Do you have something you'd like to get painted? Then bring it to Victory Powder Coating. Powder Coating is a durable, colorful, environmentally friendly alternative to paint. It's useful in automotive, agricultural, decorative, and high-temperature applications. Victory Powder Coating has become the North State leader in powder coating applications and metal finishing. They specialize in large industrial items like truck beds, agricultural equipment, and trailers. They're dedicated to providing superior work and outstanding customer care. Consider Victory Powder Coating for your next project. Victory Powder Coating. $40,000 more dollars to Kevin Cry? Disgruntled East Coast multimillionaire Reverge Anselmo has now added nearly $150,000 more dollars into Cry in the last two months. This brings the total of outside money to Shasta County officials closer to $2 million. Do you want to live in Anselmo County? This is not local control. Save Shasta County. Take back local control. Vote yes to recall Kevin Cry on March 5th. Paid for by the committee to recall Kevin Cry. Alan Gordon, Coachmaster Auto Body. Big box store body shops have come to our area. They contract with as many insurance companies as possible. They provide discounts for these referrals. This allows the insurance company to dictate the parts and repair process to ensure the lowest cost of repairs as possible. This is not in your best interest for your expensive investments. At Coachmaster, we work for our customer, not the insurance company. We have no obligation to cut parts prices or use inferior parts. We follow strict manufacturer repair guidelines. It's your choice and your choice alone where you choose to have your vehicle repaired. Coachmaster was established in Reading in 1969 and doing quality repairs in Reading for over 55 years. Coachmaster has proven to be your best choice for collision repair. And yes, it is your choice. Our friendly service and quality repairs will have you referring all your friends and family. And remember, if we can't fix it, no one can. Remember Coachmaster on East Side Road. Learn more online at CoachmasterAutoBody.com.
Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. But call about Trish Luck. Okay. Trish, you told me I can say this. She's having a back problem that is just kind of keeping her, you know, closer to home. And that's what it is. I mean, she's, you know, it's nothing dreadful except it's painful. So uh, until she gets all of this going, her driving in and wandering in here and sitting in here is just a little bit too much. So, but she, she misses being here. We miss her being here. So that's what's going on with Trish. Uh, we're here with Alan Long, uh, candidate for District 2 supervisor. And I'm going to ask you this because I think it's kind of important. Which, which political party do you identify with? Currently, I'm registered no party preference. How long have you done that? Well, when I was 18, I registered AIP and uh, maintained that status basically my li- entire life um, and switched over to no party preference. Okay, and why? Well, uh, my thoughts when I was 18 was I'm an independent person and I will vote according to the issues. I'm not going to vote just strictly because of a party line and I want to become well-educated and uh, we'll take it from there. So that's kind of how I've approached my life. Well, it seems like you, you're jo- you've, uh, you were in a party that a lot of people are joining, uh, in fact, the no preference. No. Yeah, no preference. No party preference, yes. No party preference. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of people like that. What would you say, uh, Alan, is your uh, main issue here? My main issue, and uh, this is where my background lies, is uh, public safety in our community and addressing that and the needs for uh, increased jail space and dealing with the homeless problem that we have on the street. And I know everybody's aware of this issue, and that's a complex issue. It's got mental health components and drug addiction issues and all kinds of issues connected with it. So, And then we've got uh, a crime issue. Look at your front window. <laughs> Thanks. So, what, are you rubbing it in? No. <laughs> I, I do like the view. That's, that's the rock. <laughs> Oh, you, you actually saved the rock. Well, it came through. That, so, could have, that could have biological evidence, by the way. It could. It probably does. It's probably got DNA, but I'm, af- I'm afraid to think what that DNA may be. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, uh, and I, I say this to everybody that comes through here for the last 14 years, public safety. And homelessness not really until about the last, what, six years. Right, right. Homelessness and public safety. So what can you do different? Well, that's a good question. So I've, I've met with the auditor and tried to figure out where our discretionary funds are out of our $650 million budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought that all the way down. There's about $30,000 or $30 million, uh, that is discretionary spending. It's not a ton of money there. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things people don't realize is there's not a lot of discretionary, uh, funding out there. Correct. And you know, we, most of it's, you've got to use it for whatever it's, Earmarked for right, right. It's it's uh, committed money, most of it, and so that's a challenge. And uh, back in 2015, we had uh, I forget what the the state funding bill was, but they were going to help build a jail, and they were offering 20 million dollars to build our facility. Yep. We turned that down because we didn't have the operating costs. That is something I would have done differently. Um, I would have built the building and. Uh, Put security guards in. I know there's there's turn, a turn lights off until we got the money. Yeah, there's a requirement uh, by the state that you get it uh, online and operational within a certain period of time. But that doesn't mean the whole facility has to be brought up to that. So, so there's a history of um, 
trying to get this project accomplished, and I'm realistic about uh, the need for it and the possibilities. And um, so, if the money's not there, and that's that's where the challenge is, because would what you I, support a bond issue or a tax increase? No, not a tax increase. Uh, I don't think the we're already taxed so heavily. Specifically for the jail. Last time they had this, it was a total failure because they, they had 100 things they wanted to do, but it was strictly for the jail and running the jail. Well, a bond issue is is interesting. That's something the voters could decide. So yeah. that's that yeah. would that would be something to let the voters decide. That would build the project. The money to build the project isn't there right now. So we all recognize the need, and we may have to phase this in with different stages to get this accomplished. And so I've looked at all the different options that we we have for that. Um, the state's going to be releasing uh, billions of dollars uh, for mental health issues coming up. And if you follow Sheriff Johnson's proposal, some of that money could be used to build the infrastructure for the mental health component of a new CRC facility. Sure. So I'm looking at those kinds of options. And, and uh, I, think, I think the big distinction is you have to prioritize it. So I, I believe that there is always enough money to do what you need to do. There's not enough money to do everything you want to do. And that's that's a that's an important distinction there. So if that is your number one priority, which it will be for me, getting in will be to find a way to get that facility done, whether it's in phases or or what that's going to look like. But we need to increase jail space. Mm-hmm. We need to increase accountability for criminal activity, uh, so we don't have rocks always being thrown through the window like well, you're experiencing. I'm, I, I'm just I'm just one person, and you know people are trying to. Oh, it was you know. A political statement. No, it wasn't a political statement. I mean, we've been here 14 years. It was. They know who did it. It was a. It was a street person. It's got a. It's got a drug problem. Okay. Right. Uh, but the idea, though, of not having any facilities around here to take care of these people. I mean, Proposition One. Are you familiar with Proposition One? Yes. What do you think about that? Proposition one. Um, it's, they want to build all these facilities, but they want to take money from the counties, right? To and do that. So I think it's I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bad idea, and it's going to cost six point eight billion dollars. Um, we are tapped right now. We're going into uh, severe deficit spending coming up at the state level, to the tune of who knows what the numbers are now? Maybe think, 80, 80 billion. Yeah, I think I thought I heard seventy billion, but right. then they keep finding more. And they keep finding more, and, it, yeah. and it's going up. First, they brought it down to thirty-seven, and then now it's back to sixty-eight, up to eighty. So, we're going into tough times. We don't know how that's going to affect. Um, we'll get the governor's revised budget coming up in May, mm-hmm. and we'll have some more ideas of where this is going. Um, but the funding is going to be tight, and taxpayers are tapped right now. So. We're going to have to find other ways to do this, and it's a priority with the funds that we do have. Okay, so then it comes down to prioritizing. Uh, that, that, I think that's uh, what I want to take an early break because I want to get into the fiscal side of this. Because, as you said, we've got a six hundred and fifty million dollar budget, of which thirty million dollars is discretionary. Discretionary, where you can kind of spin it where you want. So I want to talk about a couple of things for that. Uh, hey, this portion of the show brought to you by. Crackmaster Windshield Repair and Jeff Worst. 
Happy birthday, Jeff Worst. Yeah, I know it was yesterday, but happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Christina will bake you a cupcake, and we'll bring it down. There you go. And uh, he's been doing this. He's uh, He's been repairing windshields for, gosh, 20, 25 years. He is an expert, my friends. He fixed an 8-inch crack in my windshield 17 years ago, and you still can't see it. Does that tell you anything? It tells you how old my truck is. Uh, the... Uh, he does not take chances with your family's safety. And with this kind of weather, if you've got a small chip or a crack up to two feet in length, take it down to Jeff. He'll fix it for you. You don't have to worry about it after that. Bring your vehicle in for a free inspection and analysis, and he'll, uh, he'll repair it. He's a master of repairing windshields. 3208 South Market Street, or give him a call. Jeff, where's the call? At 530-241-8373 for an appointment. Locally owned, locally operated, and a veteran-owned business. Crackmaster Windshield Repair. We'll be right back. I'm Tracy Edwards, CEO of the Reading Rancheria. Giving back to our local community is a tradition that is firmly rooted in our history. Shout out to Reading Rancheria. Appreciate you guys for all your help. Uh, with the help that you guys gave us, we were able to stick around, retain some of our employees, and make sure all the customers got what they needed. Thank you guys. Hi there. Us here at the Post Office Saloon would like to thank the Reading Rancheria for supporting us and our community through the COVID pandemic. Reading Rancheria, proud to play our part. Mark Mazzano is a 29-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol who retired with honors. Go with Mazzano. Mark's a proven leader in law enforcement and government. Someone who gets things done. Go with Mazzano. A new voice for the North State who will finally represent everyone in District 1. Go with Mazzano. My name is Mark Mazzano, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mazzano for Assembly 2024. Hi, this is Chuck Kenny with Shasta Gas Propane. It's been a while since I've cut a new radio spot, but I feel I need to issue a warning about energy prices during this fall winter. Just as Obama said after he was elected, elections have consequences. This winter, our country will suffer some of the consequences of the last election. I'm not a politician, but I am a businessman, and many of the decisions of this current administration will drastically affect energy prices this winter and going forward. Already we are experiencing record high propane costs and prices. Remember, our motto at Shasta Gas Propane is, our customers are warm friends. We will treat you like friends this winter and do our best to help you through this high price winter. Give us a call at 365-3793. That's 365-3793. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while a floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. 
Stiefel Nicholas, I am committed to offering investors personalized investment guidance. Stiefel has a full-service organization with departments staffed with professionals that specialize in a wide range of investment opportunities. We strive to give each account, regardless of size, careful individual attention. This is Susan Eastman, financial advisor, Stiefel Nicholas. Let's talk today about a personalized plan. Give me a call at 530-244-7199. Again, 530-244-7199. The Shasta County Republican Assembly is proud to announce the following endorsements for the upcoming Shasta County Board of Supervisors elections. For District 2, the SCRA endorses Laura Hobbs. In District 3, Wynn Carpenter. and District 4, Patrick Henry Jones. We believe these fine candidates will best represent the values and policy priorities of Shasta County voters who align with the Republican Party platform and principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, and individual liberty. The SCRA also strongly urges voters in District 1 to vote no on recalling the sitting Supervisor Kevin Cry. We stand firmly behind Supervisor Cry and call on District 1 residents to reject this unnecessary and disruptive recall effort. Together, we can ensure sensible, conservative leadership on the Shasta County Board of Supervisors. This ad is paid for by the Republican Citizens Advisory Committee. I'm Tracy Edwards, CEO of the Reading Rancheria. Giving back to our local community is a tradition that is firmly rooted in our history. We'd like to thank the Reading Rancheria for all their community support, including the bike shop. They do so much for our community, and we're beyond grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rancheria. You are the ones we can always count on to help us out in tough times. They're the people that have always been there for us, much more so than anyone else in our community. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Reading Rancheria, proud to play our part. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM. Your talk radio, Carl Bott. Uh, hey, we're uh, streaming at KCNR1460.com, and our phone line's here at 530-605-4567. I'm here with Alan Long, who's running for uh, District 2 supervisor. Uh, he is a non-preference as far as parties, and he's been like that since he was 18, so it's not like he hopped on the bandwagon late. Let's start. And uh, his his biggest uh, uh, biggest concern, I guess you could say, is public safety, the jail, etc. Uh, that also includes mental health because jails should not be a mental health facility. I'm sorry, uh, that, yeah, motorcycle. Know, that motorcycle. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a hole in the window. Uh, <laughs> uh, mental health. Mental health. Because as I talk to police, and, the, and, and, the, and you know, the chief's on once a month, the sheriff's on once a month, DA's on once a month, mm-hmm. it's this mental health thing. When you talk about people, especially the street Denzians, they've got mental health problems and a drug problem. Or maybe it's a drug problem causing the mental health. Sure, I don't sure. care. Right. I frankly don't care. Right. Because they wander around like zombies or screaming at each other or things like that. Not all of them, but some. Mm-hmm. What do you do about that? I mean – We've got a whole bunch of money in health and human services, and yet we still see these people on the street. What, what can you do about things like that? Even though you're a supervisor, and this is a city thing, but it's it's countywide. Sure, sure. Uh, that's a very complex question, and there's no easy solution, and I don't think it can be solved, honestly. Well, that's I, an honest answer. I think it, it can become better, and you can improve Mitigate it. And mitigate. 
Okay, so that's the best thing. And basically, I think it involves subject matter experts in that field, which I'm not a subject matter expert. I worked, and one of my frustrations when I was a police officer was it felt like we were always moving the homeless camps from one location to the next based on complaints. And then the problem would crop up in another spot and those kinds of things. There's a lot of money. Um, some of the county staff is diminished right now, and we're not availing ourselves of grants and some of these fundings. And I'm not a person that just says you throw money at the wall and hope something sticks. You have to be strategic in that, and you pinpoint places. And I think the at-home uh, committee right now is is a great start. Uh, where you're bringing together uh, members from all different parts of our community, uh, I mean supervisor members, um, and that's a good start to start bringing all the subject matter experts together, identifying funding sources, and working to transition these people. And if you look at the homeless population, it's not one size fits all. So it's not just a drug problem. It's not just a homeless problem. It's not just a mental health problem. It's it's kind of has to be an approach has to be individually tailored to have an effect that, that is meaningful. And there are people within this population that can be transitioned into permanent housing. They've lost a job. They were living paycheck to yeah, paycheck. We, yeah, those, those to me are, you know, people that want help. Correct. But there's a lot of them out there, as I learned from the uh, officers. Nope. We've tried. We, we've had the cert team on him. We've had all this. He doesn't want help. Correct. And you can't force it. So, and, but I just think that Newsom just passed that law or the, the he, care courts. The care courts where you can force them in. Right. Fifty-one fifty, which is the uh, the hold that we used to do when I was an officer. Same uh, thing. It was a seventy-two yeah. hour hold. But that's yeah. been those those kinds of issues have been incorporated into that, and it's kind of a gravely disabled. And I think the courts are going to have to decide whether forced uh, treatment is for no crime committed is justified, but that's a start, and that's where we're going with that. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's. I, I think there are people that are uh, incapacitated, and they need help, and they won't voluntarily seek it. I have no problem with it, even though I know what it's like, because when, once, you, once you do that, um, what's it called? Uh, conservatorship. conservatorship. Right. You've taken away all their rights. I mean, all of their rights. You have, but if it's a humane thing to do as well yes. if they're incapacitated. And let's face it, among that population, there are those that are incapacitated, and they will never uh, be able to get into. Is that mine? It's yours. I turned it off. <laughs> oh I think that's yours. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. It's not mine. Yeah, it's, it's not well, yours. It's not Christina's. It's not Sue's. So it <laughs> doesn't leave too many other people. I'm going to blame it on the window. It's the window. Somebody's walking by. <laughs> Somebody just, just keep rubbing it in, don't you? Can't broke, stop yourself. That broken glass. Yeah, because of because <laughs> of the promises from the last four years from the politicians. <laughs> <Yes>. Politicians. <laughs> politicians. Well, you are one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know, I, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm not a politician. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> not you. You didn't say it, but others do. Well, I'm not a politician. Yes, you are. You're sitting here in front of me and you're running right, for office. Right, right. Okay, I, I understand that. Uh, and I just, I think people, though, I mean, what we're seeing is businesses under siege. Not so much where I am, but some other areas. I mean, they are literally under siege. Absolutely. Baskin Robbins. Window broken, the whole door broken out. They stole their safe. People are people are tired of this, and they are. And I and I look at it um, multi multi dimensional, if you will. There is the crime rate itself, mm -hmm. and 
those have gone up. Property crimes and, and some aggravated assaults, they've jumped tremendously. Yeah. We have a problem, a huge problem. And then there's the perception of crime, which is equally important in my book, and that's where people don't feel safe in their own community. And perception is reality. Perception is reality. And so we're dealing with it at all levels, and people deserve to be safe, and they deserve to have criminals uh, accountable for their actions. And that is a complex issue because we have a, a state, California, that has changed laws over the last 10 years, and I could go through all those with you, but we've realigned and we've reclassified and we've uh, yeah. we've uh, made felony murder rules, and now the district attorney has to go back, and those are retroactive, and, and so if I'm a driver on a on a robbery where someone gets killed, I went to prison because I was part of that conspiracy. Now the, you they can't, get turned loose. They get turned loose, and, yeah. and they're they're fighting those cases. So okay, okay. let's move on from this. One. You got okay, fiscal. Uh, you got a fiscal background. Uh, some of your uh, some of the people running have said they want a uh, forensic audit of where all the money's gone. How do you stand on that? That I think is is a little bit conspiratorial, and so that would not be my first priority. If you asked my priorities with our county, okay. w- if you asked our priorities with our county workforce, we need to establish stability back in our workforce. Having faith in our department heads that they're hired properly, stop this constant turnover and exodus, and reestablishing that. And uh, I'm I'm very conservative fiscally. I sit on a school board and. If if you are familiar with the school board, Grant School Board, I'm a budget guy, and I always believe we live within our means and we try to prioritize things, which is back to your first question about yeah. prioritization. Um, I think that's the most important. You have to make it a priority, and you have to go after that with everything you've got because it's such a huge problem in our community. So as far as conducting fiscal audits, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now unless I see evidence of it. And then, of course. Okay. How about zero-based budgeting? Okay. Uh, Making each of the departments each year say, this is how much money I need, as opposed to just adding another 3% on. Well, government government funding is a strange thing. <laughs> and I lived within that world. And there is a pressure at the end of the year to spend your money so you can justify it for the next year. Oh, yeah. And we've, all, we've all done that. Right, right. So I'm not opposed to that, uh, which is justifying your spending and justifying your needs and going forth each year. So I think that's a good idea. And that okay. maintains fiscal uh, solvency, and it maintains a conservative approach to your finances. Pro- finances are but not – you have to prove where you're – you can't just say, I need this much money, unless you can say, this is where all that money is going to. Absolutely. And this is what, and, and, then, and then by doing that, you have a chance to look at that and say, is that a priority for our department, given the fact we don't have unlimited funding? Okay. Uh, I haven't asked other people this, and I, I, I kicked myself for it, but you, we have the Shasta County Veterans Service Office. That's a, uh, I mean, that's, not, that's a non-obligatory uh, office. Are you planning on keeping that? Well, I'm not familiar with that. That's, that's the uh, Shasta County Veteran Service Office. They take care of uh, veterans' needs. They, uh, they're probably the only department that brings in money. Huge priority. A huge priority. And, and they take care of – they help veterans with issues. And it's legal, legal issues, and I say legal, it's uh, that they have uh, – they help veterans uh, obtain the benefits that they've earned. Every county has one. 
and but yet it's kind of like it's you know it works for the CEO, but they still need to be funded. I would recommend is that you go and talk to the uh, talk to them. And I've 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 got some connections uh, on the campaign trail here. Yeah. It, it, there's a to do list, and I haven't gotten to that part yet. But that's mainly you know I mean that's not something you have to run out and do. But I, I beg you to uh, become familiar with them. I will. Okay. I will. They do a lot for our veteran community. And and then let me just say I think our veterans are our heroes, and I fully support maintaining and taking care of our veterans. Um, Boy, the sacrifice that they have done for our community. It's amazing. Oh, you know, it's like law enforcement. You, knew, you, you enlisted. You knew what you were getting into. And, you know, you, some of them do four years. Some of them do 30 years. You know, uh, I think most feel like it's an honor to serve this country. It was. At least me and my friends feel yeah, like that. That's, that's Same awesome. thing I would imagine for the police in many cases. It was an honor. I'm very proud. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take a break here, and we'll be right back. KCNR Shasta is also broadcasting at K243CT Reading. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. Taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. Hello, Northern California. This is Rollin from the Flag Center. Winter rain and wind is hard on flags. So until March 21st, bring us that tattered old glory, and we'll give you 15% off any all-weather Tuftex American flag. Stop in and see us at 2124 Hilltop Drive or on the web at theflagcenter.com. The Flag Center, since 1982. American flags, American made. Hello, this is Wynn Carpenter. I'm running for Shasta County Board of Supervisors, District 3, and I'm ready to serve. I would be honored to be your conservative representative and look forward to doing so. I support the direction the majority of the current board is headed. I support the elimination of the impact fees. I support the Charter County proposal, which will give the local government more control on what we do and how we do it. I support the Second Amendment, as stated in the federal and state constitutions. Therefore, I would push to make Shasta County a constitutional carry county. I support a fair and transparent election with traceable and verifiable data. I will stand with the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors to fight the state and its heavy-handedness to shove the Fountain Windmill Project down our throats. I will stand against any imposition from the state, no matter the issue, on legislative or executive matters under the jurisdiction of the Board of Supervisors of Shasta County, paid for by the committee to elect 
Wynn Carpenter, Supervisor, District 3. The property insurance crisis in California is starting to affect the business insurance property also. 200 to 300% rate increases in business property rates or not writing business insurance at all are becoming the norm. At Siskiyou Insurance, we have over 100 years' experience in writing business insurance in the North State. We can help. We live here and care about our community and want to make sure that you keep your business with a local agent that knows our town and supports it every day. And we'll get you the best deal we can. Call Curtis Byron at Siskiyou Insurance Services, 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. Siskiyou Insurance. 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345 40,000 more dollars to Kevin Cry? Disgruntled East Coast multimillionaire Reverge Anselmo has now added nearly $150,000 more into Cry in the last two months. This brings the total of outside money to Shasta County officials closer to $2 million. Do you want to live in Anselmo County? This is not local control. Save Shasta County. Take back local control. Vote yes to recall Kevin Cry on March 5th. Paid for by the committee to recall Kevin Cry. Need a cure for the midweek blues? Laughter is the best medicine. Join us in overtime every Wednesday at 8 p.m. for Comedy Night. Enjoy the humor of different comedians every Wednesday. And the weekend is heating up in overtime. With karaoke every Thursday and DBJs performing every Friday and Saturday night. So grab your friends, your dancing shoes, and enjoy signature cocktails with no cover charge. See WinRiver.com for the weekly lineup. Must be 21 to attend. Find your moments at the river. Hi. I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while a floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. Hey, welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios at KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. Hey, I'm here with Alan Long, who uh, is running for Supervisor 2nd District. Okay, quick questions. We've already talked about them, so for or against the wind towers? Against. Uh, Red Rancheria? To be determined. The uh, term limits? Against. And what was the other one? Charter County? Against. Okay. That was easy. Now, <laughs> tell us some things. I've only got, we've got eight minutes, so okay. I'm going to kind of give this to you. Okay. Because I've asked other things. Okay. Talk to us about why we should vote for you. Okay. We, we didn't cover uh, a lot of my background, but there's, there's uh, multiple components and, and when I answer that kind of a question. One is, why am I stepping up? And secondly is, why am I qualified? That's a great question. Why are you running? Why I mean, am I? you didn't have to. No. I'm retired and I'm, I'm set. Happy. I'm set and I'm happy. And so I personally, and I'm not here to slam anybody, but I don't like the direction that the county has gone over the last few years. 
And so I'm stepping up to try to restabilize that and get us back to priorities for the county, our, our jail, our mental health issues, our fire suppression issues. I live out in District 2 myself, obviously, and uh, every year live in complete terror of fire. Yeah. And so that's, that's got to be a huge priority, and that is one of my huge priorities uh, to address that. And I know Mary Rickert's done wonderful work in that area. I've met with battalion chiefs and all kinds of people connected with CDs, um, uh, CAL FIRE. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've got ideas on how we can start to Can to you share a couple of those ideas? Okay. Well, one of them is our volunteer fire department. We're authorized a uh, contingent of about uh, 380 firefighters. We're less than 80 right now. Why is that? Why do we have less volunteer firefighters than we are authorized? And why are we, why are we running so low on volunteers? That's a complex problem. I've been getting, trying to get to the bottom of that. And the importance of our volunteer firefighters is they have water tenders. They're going to be first responders. They might even beat Cal Fire out to a scene. And if they can keep with their, you know, thousand gallon water tender, keep the fire down to an acre or less, problem solved. So it's an important resource. And so we could probably talk forever on that, and I won't take no, my, no. my last I, eight I, minutes. But. I, but it's true. I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> every one of our volunteer fire departments is short people. Absolutely. So and, and they're having trouble recruiting. Yeah, and I have my ideas on that, but let's move on. Okay. Uh, okay. Your next so thing. so so uh, I think you have to address why you're doing this and why you're qualified to stand here in mm-hmm. front of people and say that I'm the person for the job. So why I'm doing this is I've seen uh, our government take a different direction over the last couple of years than I've been interested in. And I think it has led to uh, uh, an unstable workforce with people massively leaving and department heads being constantly turned over and a lot of things along those lines. So my goal is to get back in and restabilize our government. And this is the step toward getting to the big goals. And I don't I don't think that we should be focused on things the way we are that are outside our jurisdiction and our ability to control. So that's important to me to get that stability back. Why am I qualified for this? So I've got a a good educational background in finance. Finance is huge. I'm a conservative. I'm fiscally conservative, and I'm cautious with our money. It has to be prioritized properly so that we spend our money with what the citizens need and want in our community. So I've got a finance, a good finance background. We talked a little bit about that. I have been uh, a union treasurer uh, when I was working with the police department. I was the treasurer based on my financial background. So I've got that experience, and that was pretty complex, actually. I've been a negotiator where I negotiated with the city. I've served on the grant school board now in my sixth year, and that has given me a, a flip side to that uh, puzzle where I am now the administrator, and I'm responsible for the budget, and I'm working with other labor groups. And so I'm, I've seen the 360, if you will, of being the negotiator myself and then being on the other side, which is trying to keep us fiscally solvent as a district and yet provide competitive wages to our personnel to retain them and to be able to recruit in the future. So that's given me a great experience. And we, as a school board, went through covid and we went through car fire and we went through a lot of experiences. And, okay, um, so I know we're running out of time here. I just said yeah. three minutes. No, no, yeah, I appreciate, you know. I appreciate that. So um, the background, uh, going through that, we had people that uh, were uh, 
vocal in their opposition to some of the actions of the board. And so one of the things I'm most proud of on the school board is <clears throat> we kept our school open during COVID. And our kids are now better because I focused on who our constituents were. They were the children. And we kept our school open and we kept on track and our kids are not behind right now. And that that required creativity because the state was saying, close your schools down. That was the yeah, bless their hearts, bless their hearts. So uh, we we didn't do that. We kept our school open and our kids are better for it right now. And I'm very proud of that. It was a terrible disaster. COVID, the way we the way this country handled it, or at least the leadership handled it. And um, there are numbers of people, in fact. A lot of these things that we're running through right now is because of COVID. We didn't have these problems before. Right. So, so yeah. Um, in my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you put it all together. So I've got, I've got a, a wide public service background, and I've got a good educational background in finance so I can understand budgets and things like that and, and numbers and figure out priorities. And I'm conservative, and I'm – I want to maintain our quality of life, and and uh, I've seen that deteriorate. I'm going to get into office, and I'm going to prioritize public safety, and I'm going to work tirelessly toward that end. Second Amendment. Strongly support? Absolutely. So, um, Semi-automatic firearms? I will, never, I will never give – yes – I will never give up my gun rights. Okay, I'm I'm very much in for in, in favor of Second Amendment and our protections, and that's a constitutional right, and that will not be altered. Okay. How do people get a hold of you? Well, they can go uh, several ways. They can go to my website, which is Alan Long, A L L E N L O N G four F O R Supervisor twenty twenty four dot com. Or if you Google my name, you can uh, uh, navigate your way to uh, a Facebook page um, and those kinds of things. And uh, once you get on uh, the dot-com page, uh, there's ways to get a hold of me with phone numbers and uh, emails and all that kind of stuff. You got anything else happening this weekend or anything like that? Uh, election day is Tuesday. The election day is Tuesday. You uh-huh. happy about that? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's something everybody everybody can agree on. That. <laughs> this is uh, this has been quite the experience, and it's been uh-huh. good. Um, the the part I didn't anticipate, my the the favorite part for me has been to get out and meet the people, and uh, all walks of life across the board, all different political views, and we've had just tremendous discussions. Uh, at doorsteps, and that has actually been rejuvenating for me, and, and it's been very fun. That's the way you find out, and the uh, yeah. Anyway, we have to run. Are we going to see uh, this interview on your website? Oh, absolutely. Okay, you can link it in. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Alan, for coming on. Uh, Thank you, Carl. I'd like to have had you on earlier, but it just didn't work out for us. It, it, yes. Yeah, it was. Anyway, and, and I was saying better late than never, right? Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad. You know, I mean, so people can. And you've been very forthright, against, for, against, against, for, and that's what people need to know. I mean, so there's no secretive stuff about this. Anyway. No, no, and I will tell you what I think and where my background is and where my priorities lie, and and uh, I think that's important. Okay, thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, I say buddy to everybody. Don't read into that. <laughs> uh, the, uh, we're having the DE, a retired DEA agent on. He's gonna, they're going to be making a, uh, a formal presentation later on today. It's about fentanyl in our state and in our schools. And we'll be right back after the news. Center. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. 
A wildfire racing across the Texas panhandle has become the largest in state history. The Smokehouse Creek Fire now covers almost 1,700 square miles, scorching rural ranch land and destroying homes. The fire has merged with another blaze and is only 3% contained. Panhandle resident Greg Downey says it was a chaotic evacuation. Luckily, we made it out and into the migrant caravan, which I think was probably about 30 miles long, to the town of Wheeler. And then they evacuated Wheeler. So we headed to Elk City, Oklahoma. Then they said the wind was going to shift from the north. That would be no good. And we finally got lucky and found a room in Childress, Texas, and stayed the night there and came back this morning. The fire blamed for one death. And now there are three. A judge in a third state has ruled former President Trump off the primary ballot. This time it's in Illinois, where the primary is March 19th. Judge Tracy Porter put her decision on hold until tomorrow, pending an appeal. Although it has to pass muster with Congress, congressional bargainers say they have an agreement aimed at averting a pending partial government shutdown for now. In a joint statement announcing a deal, the House Speaker, the Senate Majority and Minority Leaders, and the House Democratic Leaders say we are in agreement that Congress must work in a bipartisan manner to fund our government. That funding is temporary. One set of federal agencies through March 8th, another through March 22nd. And it will need the full House and Senate to vote to approve before Friday's deadline when some federal monies run out. Passage of the deal would allow time for Congress to try to pass legislation to fund the government for the remainder of the budget year. Ben Thomas, Washington. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge rose three-tenths of one percent December to January, and Wall Street, the Dow, down 23 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. The new FedNow system is paving the way for the digital dollar. It grants the government unprecedented access to your financial transactions. This isn't just an invasion of privacy, it's a direct assault on your liberty and hard-earned money. It's another reason why I recommend physical gold IRAs from the Birch Gold Group. I'm Lance Wallnow. I'm a news analyst and a podcaster with nearly 25 million downloads to people just like you who cherish their financial independence. A precious metals IRA can help you avoid the scrutiny of Big Brother while also preserving your retirement savings through almost anything including economic crashes, political instability, and even hyperinflation. To find out more, get your free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and see how a gold IRA can help you. Text FAITH to 989898. Remember, there's no strings attached. Text FAITH to the number 989898 right now, and I pray you're blessed with continued prosperity. Vladimir Putin has delivered his annual State of the Nation address a couple of weeks before Russia's 2024 presidential election. This address was part campaign speech, part State of the Nation and State of the World, as Vladimir Putin sees it, with warnings to the West and promises to his people that life here will get better if he stays in the Kremlin. Apparently responding to President Macron of France not ruling out sending troops to Ukraine, the Kremlin leader warned of tragic consequences if that happened and the danger of a nuclear war that would end civilization. He painted a picture of a Russia that is growing stronger, more confident, more united. But objectively, there is also more repression here. Vladimir Putin made no reference to that. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg in Moscow. And Russia has launched an Iranian satellite into space. More evidence of close ties between Moscow and Tehran. News and analysis at townhall.com. 
The eldest son of Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, accused of involvement in a credit card theft ring. Court documents say 18-year-old Tyler Boebert was identified after being spotted on surveillance video at a gas station when one of the stolen credit cards was used for a purchase by someone else in his group. He was wearing a hoodie from Shooter's Grill, the restaurant once owned by Representative Lauren Boebert, and was also recognized by police from previous encounters. He appeared briefly in court and was released without bail. Representative Boebert says it breaks her heart to see her child struggling and that he's been going through some tough public challenges. She vows to continue to be there and support her son. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Senate Minority Leader McConnell says he'll resign his leadership post in November. However, the Kentucky Republican also plans to serve out the rest of his term through 2027. More on these stories at townhall.com. The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. And now, Carl and Linda Bott. This is Free Fire Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR 96.5 FM and 1460 AM. Your talk radio with, it's usually Trish Clark uh, and Carl Bott, but uh, as, I pa- as I shared in the uh, first hour, share, uh, Trish is going through some back problems, and that's why she hasn't been here. She said, I could tell people that. Uh, and it's just painful to move around, so we just want her to get well, so that's where Trish is. Uh, today, the 29th leap year, uh, February the 29th, 8.05 in the morning, news brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center, Caring, Compassion, Community. Shasta Regional Medical Center, Christina is here. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ukrainian warrior princess. I like the warrior more. You like the warrior more? Yeah. It's about my soul. Okay. Uh, and it's, of course, leap year, and it's, what was the other one? National Toast Day? Yep. Toast Day. I don't know why they create those uh, national days and who is responsible for I this. I think better. I'm going to start one. National Marine Day. National Radio Talk Show Host Day. Oh, that is a good yeah, one, I like actually. That. I like that one. Make that a national day. Donnie uh, uh, Chamberlain is throwing up in her mouth right now. When I said that. So, <laughs> come on, Donnie, just kidding. All right, let's look at the weather. Are, okay, stand by. Showers today, 100% chance of precipitation. We know that already. Now, we're going to have wind gusts as high as 45 miles per hour. Wind advisories are out of my friends. Low around 39 tonight with showers and high gust. Friday, showers with thunderstorms also. And a high near 51. Gust of air of 32 miles per hour. Friday night, showers and possibly a thunderstorm. Low around 37. Uh, again, gusty winds. Uh, Saturday, showers with thunderstorms. High near 49. And uh, Saturday night, rain showers and then snow showers likely. Now, I looked on the uh, looked in on the weather channels, and we're going to get a lot of snow. <laughs> we're going to get a lot of snow up at Mount Shasta. We're going to get copious amounts of snow, even as far down as Shingletown. Uh, uh, <laughs> Weaverville, yes. Stand by, because as you know, 10 miles from here in Fawndale, if there's snow, they start backing up traffic there and, and uh, for the uh, 18-wheelers. So 
That's going to be happening Saturday with a low around 33 on Saturday night. Sunday, rain and snow showers. Mostly cloudy, though, with a high near 48 and a chance of showers Sunday night. And a low around 35. Monday, chance of showers, but then it's going to clear off. It's just a chance of showers, partly sunny, with a high near 50. And then Tuesday, a slight chance of showers, mainly sunny on Tuesday. So this is maybe the, this is March. Comes in like a lion. Maybe it'll leave like a lamb. Maybe this is it. But stand by. Be ready. Uh, uh, not insurmountable, but hopefully no snow down here because you know how well we handle snow in Redding. The uh, weather report's brought to you by Shasta Gas Propane. Shasta Gas Propane, locally owned, locally operated, a veteran-owned business, a family-owned business that treats their customers like friends. They really do. They have discounts for seniors and veterans. They have other payment programs. They take care of their customers. I can't say enough about the Kenny family. Uh, give them a call, 530-365-3793. Now, I'm with – it just – I'm happy you're here, Rocky. Thank you. Rocky Heron. Heron. I just want to make sure I pronounced it right. Is a retired DEA Department of Drug, drug, drug Enforcement Administration. Or Drug yeah. Enforcement Administration. And I, I get kind of a crooked smile on my face when I say that because uh, I was there for the launch of the war on drugs. <laughs> did, when did we surrender that? Well, there one. never was a war on drugs, and it's not something that you can fight with a war, and, and we're never going to surrender. We're always going to fight against it's people poisoning themselves. It's always going to be there. Okay. Rocky, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How, how did you get into I think you're our first DEA guy. Okay. Well, I'm happy to be here. So I grew up in San Diego in 1985. I was graduating high school, and um, I come from a Marine family. My dad was a Marine. My brother's a Marine. My niece is a Marine. Um, wow. And... Uh, but we weren't in a wartime footing then, and I was looking at all the training that we were doing in, in the military, and I thought, oh, I want to go into law enforcement. So I, my dream was more civilian law enforcement at the time. But um, DEA got on my radar because Kiki Camarena, the DEA agent, was kidnapped and murdered in Mexico. Yes. And it, it got a lot of national attention, yes, international it attention, and it shocked me. And it created in me this crazy dream at 18 years old that maybe someday I could be a DEA agent. And uh, I got to college. And uh, was going to head off to law school and didn't think DEA would hire me, but I threw in this crazy application of a DEA, and they hired me at 23. So I went off to Washington at Quantico and got trained up as a DEA agent. So you trained in Quantico with the FBI? Yeah, at the, the time, at the time, the DEA and FBI uh, training was done in the same facility. Now DEA has its own separate academy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought I'd do it for three or four years and you know get the life experience and then go to law school. And I just fell in love with the job, and I stayed 31 years. Well, God bless you. Thank you. So uh, so you've been all over the world probably. Yeah. I, well, I got sent back to San Diego, and I spent the first eight years of my career um, doing drug crimes in San Diego, and there's lots of work there on the border with Tijuana. And then in 1998, I was sent to Bolivia for six years, and I chased cocaine traffickers across Bolivia for six years. And then I came back to San Diego and spent the rest of my career in, in San Diego on the border. Okay. So did you ever see Narcos? I have. I've seen Narcos, yes. How close is that? Not close at all. I, okay, and, and it's unfortunate to me. It's fun, and it's really well produced. But I don't know why I call it Hollywood eyes. Hollywood eyes. Yeah. And, you know, the season one, what the guys did in Colombia chasing Escobar, and I know the guys, uh, was amazing. And I don't know why they had to add so much drama to it that never actually happened. And Well, because it's – and this is what people need to understand based on a true story. A true story is they chased Escobar. 
That's true. Well, but they were going, and they, they were everything else, though. It's it's it well, not everything else. True. They were heroic, and yeah. what those agents did. But there's a lot of things that they didn't do that are in that show that people for, in posterity will now think they did because it's in the TV show. It is right. They've, they've changed history. Those producers have changed history now. Oh, okay. Right, that's, and and the history, nice. the history, the real history is fascinating enough that it didn't need to be you yeah. know, changed. So in in Bolivia, is that what you said? Yeah. For six years. Yes. Would you do, and I'm going to finish out the segment just talking about that, and then we're going to get into why you're here and, okay. and all that. But in Bolivia, what did so, you, well, you do? They make cocaine there, right? Bolivia right. is one of the three source countries for cocaine. And um, I was sent as an American advisor. I was taught Spanish, and DEA sent me down there as an American advisor. And everyone said I was going to help them fight their problem of cocaine, their problem. Their problem. But they make cocaine in little laboratories out in the countryside in the jungle. They don't make it in big labs or easy to find. Thousands yeah. of little laboratories using poisonous chemicals to produce cocaine. And every day when they're done, they just dump those poisons in the ground in the water, like literally contaminating the entire country. Mm-hmm. So we spent much of our time seeking these laboratories, burning them down, further contaminating the environment. And as I spent those six years seeing what the cocaine traffic does to Bolivia, poisoning the environment, creating violence and poverty and corruption, I realized something powerful. This isn't their problem. Because all that cocaine that I was destroying was going to be sold to Americans and Europeans. And the money used to build those laboratories comes in the pockets of American drug users. And that's when I began to realize that we're really, you know, we're missing something here, a key component. Because all of the drug violence across the world, all of it, is being financed by drug users in America and Europe. And that's not a conversation that anybody's having. I agree with you. And it's confusing to me because it's not even, to me it's not even arguable. Libya and Colombia didn't have a cocaine problem. Americans have a in Europeans. I can't say what it is now, but when I was in Bolivia, nobody used it there, right? <laughs> they they made it and they shipped it out, and uh, but the conversation here is simply one of pointing fingers. You know, our government points the finger at Mexico. We point the finger now at China for the fentanyl problem. And those those countries, Bolivia and Mexico and China, do have tons of responsibility, and they do need to fight back. But the missing piece is we're not being honest here about what we need to do here, in my opinion. Okay. I'm with Rocky Heron, who is a retired DEA agent. He's here to give a class. Is that going to be today? Well, I've been here all week. And, uh, yeah, 10 o'clock this morning, I'll be at the Cascade Theater. The Shasta County Office of Education rented the theater. And they're busing in 913-year-olds to listen to my my drug prevention talk. Great, great. Well, it is great because I'm I'm traveling all over the place. And Shasta County Office of Education and Shasta County is doing something right. I mean, I want to, I want to call out, the, congratulate Superintendent Judy Flores, the outgoing and the incoming Superintendent Mike Freeman of the County Office of Education because they've put together the resources and they put the people in place to get the schools across the county to bring their kids in for this education. And all we're doing in these single sessions is giving kids some basic understandings of the drug threat that surrounds them. And I'm sorry to say that Shasta County and Reading suffer all the same drug problems that we're having in the rest of America. Oh, absolutely. In fact, we've got some problems even more. So I'm so glad you're here, and, and I salute Judy and Mike for this, too, for getting this out, because you've got to catch them young. It's, you know, well, it's, it may be too late even it, for 13-year-olds. It, 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 honestly, in San Diego, there are more and more schools that are letting me come mm-hmm. talk into 10- and 11-year-olds. Yeah, well, Which I, is I when think. we need to give the lesson. But the sad part of it, the reason they're doing that is because they're seeing drug abuse now at that. Or they're seeing it at the schools at that early age. Yeah. But of too course. many people. But too many people still think that drug prevention, that what I do, is useless. Or and or if we do it, it should be much later. So the reality is, we have millions of kids in America who are being exposed to fentanyl and meth and the super potent THC at a very young age, and they have no idea how dangerous it is to them. Okay, gotta take a break here. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Patrick Gorman, attorney at law. If you're not getting treatment for a work injury, 
That's what Patrick Gorman does. Uh, it's life-changing work injuries, changes life for your wife, for your family, uh, for your employer. Employer wants you to come back, but you can't come back because of denials or delays or whatever. That's when you give Patrick Gorman a, a call at 530-262-2168. It's a free consultation. He's got the largest workers' comp uh, injury office north of Sacramento. And why? Because he, you know, he gets results. He takes care of his clients. The insurance company's got lots of lawyers. You need one that knows how to do it, uh, knows the ins and outs of the law, and will support you. That's Patrick Gorman. Give him a call, 530-262-2168. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Wynn Carpenter. I'm running for Shasta County Board of Supervisors, District 3, and I'm ready to serve. I would be honored to be your conservative representative and look forward to doing so. I support the direction the majority of the current board is headed. I support the elimination of the impact fees. I support the Charter County proposal, which will give the local government more control on what we do and how we do it. I support the Second Amendment as stated in the federal and state constitutions. Therefore, I would push to make Shasta County a constitutional carry county. I support a fair and transparent election with traceable and verifiable data. I will stand with the Planning Commission and Board of Supervisors to fight the state and its heavy-handedness to shove the Fountain Windmill Project down our throats. I will stand against any imposition from the state, no matter the issue, on legislative or executive matters under the jurisdiction of the Board of Supervisors of Shasta County. Paid for by the committee to elect Wynn Carpenter, Supervisor, District 3. The seasons are changing. Keeping your family healthy is important. So is the health of your car. The longevity and reliability of your vehicle depends on you to make sure your oil, radiator coolant, windshield wipers, and other vital systems have all been taken care of so your car can bring your healthy family through the seasons. Drive into Premier Oil Change today and experience the friendly oil change. Premier doesn't require an appointment and you don't drop your car off or wait. Maintain your car warranty with our service while you stay in the comfort and safety of your own car. Enjoy a free beverage and Wi-Fi while our trained technicians perform our comprehensive 30-point service. Earn free oil changes with Premier Rewards. Stop into a Premier Oil Change near you today. Visit us in Palisadro, in the Holiday Shopping Center, or in Reading, on Lake Boulevard, near Waterworks Park, and Anderson, across from Roundtable Pizza. Premier Oil Change, home of the friendly oil change. Premier, your friendly oil change. Premier, your friendly oil change. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while a floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in that leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. 
taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. Wind River Resort and Casino invites you to join us in Seasons for our event night special on Saturday, March 9th. From 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., enjoy a delicious taco bar that will have your taste buds dancing in the ring. Only $10 with a River Club card. And that's not all. From 5 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., stop by the Seasons Bar and take advantage of our knockout drink special. A $7 shot of Patron Silver. For complete details, visit WindRiver.com or call 1-800-280-U-WIN. Find your moments at Wind River Resort and Casino. The Shasta County Republican Assembly is proud to announce the following endorsements for the upcoming Shasta County Board of Supervisors elections. For District 2, the SCRA endorses Laura Hobbs. In District 3, Wynn Carpenter. In District 4, Patrick Henry Jones. We believe these fine candidates will best represent the values and policy priorities of Shasta County voters who align with the Republican Party platform and principles of limited government, fiscal responsibility, and individual liberty. The SCRA also strongly urges voters in District 1 to vote no on recalling the sitting Supervisor Kevin Cry. We stand firmly behind Supervisor Cry and call on District 1 residents to reject this unnecessary and disruptive recall effort. Together, we can ensure sensible, conservative leadership on the Shasta County Board of Supervisors. This ad is paid for by the Republican mm-hmm. Citizens Advisory Committee. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, near Talk Radio. Uh, good morning. Uh, we're streaming live at KCNR1460.com. You can run, but you can't hide from our signal. Phone lines here are 530-605-4567, and we archive every one of our shows. Uh, and I recommend if you're not hearing this one all the way through, you probably want need to listen to it. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by... REU, thinking about purchasing an electric vehicle. Well, REU has rebates available that can help offset the cost of your vehicle and charging station. Visit cityofreading.org slash EV for more information about local, state, and federal rebates available. I'm here with Rocky Heron, uh, retired DEA agent. In the first segment, we talked about how he got into that and how he worked six years in Bolivia, watching him uh, going after cocaine uh, labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we all we all agreed here is Bolivia didn't have a cocaine problem. It's the people they sold the cocaine to that had the problems. Americans, Europeans, etc. Now, you're here as we finished out this segment to give a lecture today or a I don't know, is lecture a, a program? Uh, presentation, presentation. Motiva- motivational speech. Lecture, yeah. lecture is not a lecture. I, I no. don't like lectures. Yeah. And nobody likes lectures, but a pres- yeah, a motivational speech. It's going to be about fentanyl and all drugs? Or? No, it's, it's, people say we're in a fentanyl crisis. I, I agree fentanyl is an enormous problem, um, but we're in a drug crisis. I mean, meth is, there's a tidal wave of meth coming in from Mexico that we're not even talking about. Um, I was in a presentation with Reading Police yesterday, and, and they're seeing fentanyl, but the drug that they're seeing everywhere is still meth, 
here in Shasta County. Um, and then, you know, the marijuana industry is telling our kids it's this natural substance when the marijuana they're growing today is seven or eight times more potent and, and the concentrated marijuana is 20 times more potent than the marijuana the kids got, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So it's a bigger drug crisis. And I'm just trying to warn the kids by saying, look, you know, you don't know what it's going to do to you before you start. So I spent 31 years of my life chasing drug dealers and seeing what drugs do to people. And I want to, I want to show you what I saw through my eyes so you don't make the same mistake that so many other people are making. And my program is called I Choose My Future. It's not just say no. I tell the kids, I made the choices that make my life. You will make the choices that determine who you become. I want you to understand those choices, particularly when it comes to drug abuse. Well, and it comes down to personal responsibility. Also, of course it does, and, and that's the whole thing. Is we seem to be going away in our society from accepting responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. Correct, and I think one of the reasons I'm successful. I'm an old bald white man, retired cop. I don't look like the kids generationally, or you know, in any way. I'm not from here, but I think the reason that kids in Shasta will engage with me today at ten o'clock is because I'm talking straight to them. Mm-hmm. And they appreciate it. And I'm showing them respect, and then they give me respect back. And I'm saying, look, I, one of my lines is, you are the architect of your own mm-hmm. destiny, right? No one's going to make things. No one's going to give you happiness or success. And this is a message that, that everybody understands. And and yet I don't know if the kids are hearing it often enough. I think that in many cases they aren't, or that when there's chances for them to have responsibilities taken away from them because yeah. of what? Nanny states, nanny schools, well, we nanny have a, things like that. We have that. a mentality that, that if you've suffered, you're a victim. I don't agree with that. Your suffering is unfortunate, but your choice to let it determine who you become or can you grow from it and grow through it. Um, one of the lines I tell the kids is, you know, I don't know how good or bad your life has been up to now. You still have the choice to, to make it better. And that's, 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 I don't see how you can argue with that, right? And the kids can't argue with it. And even in one of the beautiful things that happens, and it happened this week, it'll happen this morning, a bunch of kids will come up to me after my talk this morning crying and sharing with me drug suffering that, they, that they've experienced because of someone else's drug use. Yeah. And, and, and they share it with me, and they hug me, and they thank me for doing this work because I make them feel heard. I tell them it's not their fault, and I say it doesn't have to be their future. No, it doesn't have to be their future. So talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, I hate statistics, but I'm sure that, you know, you're, and you probably don't use statistics. I do a use a little bit. So one, one yeah. number that's shocking, you yeah. know, when I started my DA career, we were losing about 10,000 Americans a year to overdose. We still lose about ten to 11,000 a year in America from drunk or drugged driving. I think everyone listening would agree that's a serious problem. Yeah. But the drug death total now isn't 10,000 a year anymore. It's almost 10,000 a month. Yeah, it's over 100,000 a yeah, year. Yeah, well, close to 110. And um, those are 10,000 people dying right away or after years of suffering from a choice to start putting drugs in their body. I mean, it starts as a choice. And I understand very quickly it stops being a choice when you get into addiction, but that initial choice that people make determines a lot of outcomes. That's 300 people a day. 300 a day. 300 a day dying, dying from, from, from a, a, drug, from a drug overdose. And we're not doing anything different. That's the frustration for me. We're not doing anything different. When you say that, it's one thing to see at the end of the year, oh, it's 110,000. But it's been like that. I think it was two years ago was the first time we went over 100,000. Yes. But now we're never going to go back and this thing has changed. Well, I, you know, it's sort of leveling off, I think, nationwide, yeah. which, is, which is okay. Um, that's, part of that's because we're giving Narcan out, which is rescuing people in the opioid overdose. But the, drugs, the drug seizures at the border are bigger than ever. So there's, there's more coming in than ever, which means there are more people buying it and using it than ever. Is it? It's coming in more, and I don't mean to make this political. Everybody knows how I feel about the border, 
right now? Mm-hmm. Is it because it's easier, because the cartels are using the people they're pushing across the border to bring no. the drugs? No. The, migrant, the migrants are not the ones bringing the drugs. Okay. That is a big conversation. Okay. The drugs are coming through the ports of entry. All right. They're coming in trucks. They're coming in cars. Um, millions of vehicles come in the U.S. every year through our legal ports of entry, and that's where the big drug seizures. I'm not saying there aren't some migrants somewhere carrying a backpack. But the huge quantities, a million fentanyl pills are not being carried in backpacks by no. migrants. These are coming in trucks and cars. And uh, I personally don't think we can stop the flow of drugs. We're fighting and we need to keep trying, but the change is going to happen with cultural change and it's going to come from educating kids. I tell you what, I've been down to San Ysidro in the, in the, uh, uh, where they do the checking of the vehicles coming through yeah. there. And they're lined up for miles. And yeah. they're brand new trucks a lot of times that, and they, they can't check every one of them. I worked there for nine years. Well, and you, I, I know it very, very well. And, and Did I, you ever get frustrated? Yes. And well, I can tell you one quick story. So when the vehicles are lined up, there are, we have the customs inspectors at the, at the yeah. posts, right, yeah. interviewing the drivers. And if you go in their control center, there's a big TV screen that has red, yellow, green. Red, yellow, green light for each of those positions. And if those inspectors are too slow, then the light goes yellow. And if they're red, management says, hey, you need to speed up. So there's a a directive from their management to just push the cars through. Because we have to keep the economy and the flow of traffic, and it's super complicated, right? But but we're not allowing – we can't allow our our inspectors, unfortunately – to to do the kind of inspection I think many of us would like because that would just shut down the border. So I don't know what the answer is. Well, the other thing I, I heard that it sticks in my mind besides seeing what a problem that is, is the dogs that work there work at a much shorter uh, lifespan than other police animals because of the uh, the traffic, the uh, the mm. pollution and mm. all that. They don't last as long, so yeah. they have to retire them after you know, so many years yeah. quicker than you would. And that kind of drives in there is the how tough that job is. So yeah. you're saying, yeah, probably some comes across the border with, with uh, you know, with the cartels pushing migrants across, but the vast majority is coming through. Yeah, that's why you'll see a, a car with enough fentanyl in it to kill half the population of the United States. The first case, first fentanyl case I worked on was 4,000 pills, the fentanyl, the fake pills, the counterfeit pharmaceutical pills. Mm-hmm. 4,000 we seized in 2016 in San Diego, and we were so proud of ourselves. 4,000 pills. Well, four years later, routinely we were seizing 100,000 pills at a time in cars. And now the seizures are up over a million pills. Millions of pills are being seized at a time. And those of us who work the border believe that maybe we get 10%. Nobody knows for sure, but we tend to think we get maybe 10%. So every time um, you see a headline of a million pills or a thousand pounds of meth being seized, I ask myself, uh, what happened to the other nine or 10,000 that we didn't get? Right. And that's what's coming across America, getting into your community. Next week, I'll be teaching in North Dakota um, because it's in North Dakota. And a week after that, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in Montana. So communities around the country are waking up to this need to start doing something. I don't even I don't argue that what I'm doing is enough for the kids. But what I'm doing is better than doing nothing. Right. So while society's searching for better solutions than what I can offer, uh, I'm very grateful to have the chance to be up here this week, given you know, Shasta County kids, you know, the best lesson I can give them. And the kids thank me, and the kids, it's obvious the kids are listening. Well, I'm glad you're here, too, and I'm uh, thanks, Scully, for uh, setting this thing up. We've got to take a quick break here. This portion of the show brought to you by my barbershop, Cypress Square Barbershop, right off Athens Avenue. I used to tell people it was across the parking lot from Lucky Miller's, but Jason had enough, and he pulled the plug on Lucky Miller's. 
Uh, selling it, it was, I mean, it, it's a, it was a great, great deli, and we're going to miss him. But I don't miss Cypress Square Barbershop because they're still there. They've been there for like 30 years. I haven't had a bad, bad haircut there ever, and I've been going there since 2007. I love this place. It's locally owned, locally operated, veteran-owned business. gives discounts for seniors and veterans. Uh, you can get make an appointment at 530-244-9478, or you can take your chances and walk in there and get a haircut uh, if they've got room. So, Cypress Square Barbershop, man's last stronghold. We'll be right back. Mark Mazzano is a 29-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol who retired with honors. Go with Mazzano. Mark's a proven leader in law enforcement and government. Someone who gets things done. Go with Mazzano. A new voice for the North State who will finally represent everyone in District 1. Go with Mazzano. My name is Mark Mazzano, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mazzano for Assembly 2024. Dr. Eric and Tiffany Blasengame present Amazing Pollinators, on display now through May 27th at the Turtle Bay Museum. Immerse yourself in this visually stunning, game-based role-play adventure that explores the colorful and diverse world of pollinator and plant relationships. Amazing Pollinators at Turtle Bay Museum was created by Minotaur Mazes, a company specializing in interactive maze exhibits. Learn more at turtlebay.org. Now is a great time to prepare for the upcoming wildfire season. REU and city staff are busy clearing vegetation to mitigate wildfire risk to our power lines, facilities, and the community. You can also prepare by trimming back shrubs and tree branches that are closer than five feet from your home. Clear debris from your roof and gutter and clear dead vegetation on your property. For information about tree trimming and proximity to power lines, call 530-224-4356. Please remember, we all need to work together to prevent wildfires in our community. Hi, I'm Matt Plummer, and I'm running for Shasta County District 4 Supervisor because I believe Shasta County could be the best, freest place in California. Instead, crime is increasing while floor of our jail was closed for over a year, and the sheriff loses deputies. Homeless camps spill onto our streets, our roads are seventh worst in the state, and we lose every battle to Sacramento. The incumbent has had 11 years to fix these issues, but they have only gotten worse. Vote Matt Plummer by March 5th. Paid for by Matt Plummer for Supervisor 2024. As we all get older, the one constant thing is the aggressive, excessive mail and advertising for Medicare, Medicare Supplements, and Medicare Advantage. And almost every one of them is a call center with no idea of what you really need. Siskiyou Insurance has an agent that deals with nothing but Medicare issues and can explain the differences clearly between a Medicare Supplement and Medicare Advantage. Call Greg Green at Siskiyou Insurance at 530-224-2345 or 1-800-773-2345. Do you or someone you love struggle with PTSD, anxiety, depression, insomnia, OCD, alcoholism, substance abuse disorder, autism, ADHD, brain fog, or traumatic brain injury? At Shasta Meadows Wellness Center, Dr. Tiger and his team offer safe, proven, and effective care, even for those resistant to typical medicine. Learn more about Shasta Meadows Wellness Center. They have IV ketamine or at-home oral ketamine. 
Ask about the state-of-the-art EEG guided TMS therapy. This customized, safe, no side effect option is effective on a wide range of difficult to treat conditions. Visit us today at ShastaMeadowsWellness.com. Don't just get by, get well. Call to make an appointment for a free consultation. 530-444-8304. 530-444-8304. Shasta Meadows Wellness Center in Reading. We've lived in Shasta County for over 50 years. We have never actively volunteered in a political campaign. The incredible waste of our taxpayer dollars compelled us to act. Our county is in crisis, but District 1 Supervisor Kevin Cry is at the heart of the problems we face. District 1 residents are coming together from all political parties. The election is nearing. It takes all of us to restore county government. Stop reckless spending. We need your vote to recall Kevin Cry. Paid for by the committee to recall Kevin Cry. When people ask me for a recommendation for a heating or air conditioning company, I always say Alliance Heating and Air. Why? Well, they've been taking care of our HVAC system for 14 years. Professional, friendly, and willing to go to the extra step for their customers. I have found no problem too difficult or too minor for them to repair. I recommend Alliance Heating and Air with no reservations. You can reach them at 530-221-2642 or online at homecomfort.org. And they have 24-7 emergency assistance alliance heating and air welcome back to free fire radio here in the studios of kcnr 96.5 fm and 1460 am your talk radio uh it's carl bot and it's uh 8:37 in the morning stand by for some weather this weekend uh, showers showers thunderstorms possible snow i don't think we'll get snow in rain all around us is going to get snow. Shingletown, Mount Shasta is going to get a lot of snow. Uh, so be aware of that if you're going to be traveling this weekend. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Shasta Regional Medical Center, uh, one of the top 50 cardiovascular hospitals in the United States, a teaching hospital, brought in uh, 12 residents this year. We're going to have another 10 next year and more the next year after that. Uh, these residents work not only at Shasta Regional, but at local clinics, including the VA. Uh, they're on the cutting edge of technology with the Taver valve replacement, the Da Vinci XI surgical robotic system. Uh, Shasta Regional Medical Center. Healing starts here. I'm with Rocky Heron, who is a retired DEA agent. He's here. He's going to be speaking at 10 o'clock this morning at Cascade Theater to like 915 11-year-olds? 13-year-olds. 13-year-olds about the dangers of fentanyl and drugs and making the right decision in your life and taking maybe taking some responsibility. No matter what your life has been, it's up to you. Right. And, right. and they're not too young to learn that. They could be learning it at a much earlier age, too. Uh how, tell us about fentanyl. I mean, so how, how bad is it? Fentanyl's bad. Uh, it, it's the strongest, cheapest, most profitable drug ever invented. Basically, it causes the same high in people as heroin and the same addiction as heroin. It's just 50 times stronger. And it's not being made by scientists in professional laboratories. It's being made by idiot drug dealers. And when they make a mistake in the dosage, the user dies. Um, they're not trying to kill their customers. I mean, this is a this is a misunderstanding. The drug dealers are not trying to kill their customers. They're just trying to make a very powerful drug that's very marketable and profitable, and they're willing to lose some of their customers. And the sad reality is we've got multiple instances around the country where kids as young as 13 are distributing this to their friends and classmates, and most kids at that age are completely unaware of the threat. The, drug, the fentanyl is, comes in these counterfeit pills that look like they came from a pharmacy, uh, or it comes in a white powder. It doesn't look dangerous. 
right? So my job is to get out in front of as many kids as I can um, to educate them about the truth. And this is my second visit to, to Shasta, and I'm hoping that the County Office of Education will continue to bring me back. And I know that they're expanding their efforts up here, and I want to re- repeat myself. I travel all over the country, and I don't see a lot of places that are putting the resources and the combined effort into fighting this problem like Shasta County is. So I'm happy well, to be part of it. All right, for us. Uh, they were, I saw that they were catching uh, shipments of fentanyl that was brightly colored like Skittles. Well, yeah, they call it rainbow fentanyl. Yeah. A lot of controversy around that. For me, okay. it's just simply um, they, used to, they used to make fentanyl in, in counterfeit pills trying to trick people. Right. They wanted people to buy the blue M30 pill thinking it came from a pharmacy. These colored pills now tell me they don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. It tells me they have a, a big market of people here who want fentanyl, and they're just making it colorful and attractive to sell. Well, fentanyl is used in medical, in the medical field, isn't it? Yeah, fentanyl is a miracle drug. Yeah. Fentanyl, pharmaceutical, legitimate, legal fentanyl is a miracle drug. It's used in burn and cancer treatment and surgery every day across the country. That's not the problem. The problem is the clandestinely manufactured fentanyl, yeah. mostly coming from Mexico today, um, some coming from Canada, and some coming from people who can order it off the dark web. Um, but it's everywhere. And like I said, it's the cheapest, strongest drug ever invented. There's no price barrier. The pills that will kill your child uh, are costing a dollar or two. That's it. That's what it costs now. There's so many coming across the board. These cost $30. Prices now drop Oh, you mean they can buy it for a dollar? The, the, the buyer can buy the pill for a dollar or two. They can make two. it for a penny. They're making it for a penny. Correct. I, this is just horrifying, you know, uh, to me. I, when I was growing up, when I was their age, we never thought about drugs because they're there well, may have been some drugs being used, but not. We had friends using drugs, but we didn't have to worry about them dying at the prom or dying at the party I next to us. The, the big drug was uh, when I was in college was for people that used marijuana. Yeah, but you didn't hear about anything well, else. You had, you had when I was growing up. Yeah. I grew up in there was cocaine in my high school. Um, we had weed, alcohol, the most dangerous drug ever. Um, psychedelics have always been there, but the drugs today are different. I mean, fentanyl is. We didn't have heroin. We did not have heroin in middle schools in America when I was young. And we don't have heroin today. We have fentanyl, something 50 times stronger. And the meth that's showing up in your community is 99% pure. It was never that pure 10, 15 years ago. Now it's almost 100% pure. What is the meth? The meth. Oh. 99% pure meth. And it's having very different impact on the people who use it. The other thing you talked about was marijuana and the THC. Right. So I go to some high schools, and I was in uh, Anderson High School yesterday. And some of the kids are like, why are you talking about weed? It's not even a drug. And they're not joking because we've allowed the, the marijuana industry to tell our kids it's not even a drug. And yet there's a ton of science showing how dangerous it is to young kids. An article just published yesterday talking about cardiac disease in adults now, increased cardiac disease from adults who use cannabis and marijuana. Yeah. And then the concentrated forms of it are now 90 plus percent potency. And so we have no idea. Long, short term, tons of our kids are having mental health crises because of super potent weed. Long term, we have no idea what these kids are doing to themselves. And we'll find out, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's going to take a decade. We'll it, it, eventually, it, it, we're going to go, geez, why didn't we do something back in the day? Yeah. yeah. And I was reading something that, that uh, young girls, or girls, teenagers, young teenagers that, that are smoking this, are having all types of mental problems. And they were trying to figure out why they were having, I mean, what was the direct correlation between these uh, adolescent girls and smoking the weed? Like that. Yeah, and, and it, why was it causing so much of it in this one group of, of uh, well, it's people? it's I've not seen any studies that are convincing to show which comes first, right? Are we have more young women getting antidepressants 
more teenage women are getting antidepressants in America. Yeah. It's going up. Prescribing of antidepressants is going up in teen girls and going down in teen boys. So is it are more young teen girls using weed because they're seeking self-medication through the weed to, to medicate some existing problem they have? And, of course, is using the weed creating additional problems? We don't know. I mean, it's very complicated to figure that yeah. out. What I know is using the drugs never helps. Whether the drugs themselves cause the problem or they're using it to self-medicate, the drugs only make the problems worse, and, and the kids become lost to us. They get lost in substance abuse, and our traditional tools in society, counseling and therapy and outreach in the schools, won't reach them. Okay. I'm going to take an early break because when I come back, I want to ask you what can parents do. And I'm sure you've got some ideas. Sure, okay. I do. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Have you turned on the news? Gavin Newsom is running for president. He just hasn't told you yet. He's leaving a trail of destructive policies, a $70 billion budget deficit, rising crime rates, and raging homelessness. Assemblyman James Gallagher isn't going to let him ruin the North State on the way out. This is James Gallagher. Because of Gavin Newsom, the California dream is now a nightmare. Gavin Newsom spends more time campaigning in other states about national issues than addressing our needs here. He tramples all over our individual freedoms and supports new tax increases, all while releasing dangerous criminals into our neighborhoods. I've had enough. I've taken on Gavin Newsom and won, and I'm going to keep taking him on for you. We will stop his plans to undermine Prop 13 and raise taxes, hold him accountable for not securing our border, and end his giveaways at your expense. Please visit my website, electjamesgallagher.com, and join my movement to help stop Gavin Newsom. Paid for by James Gallagher for Assembly 2024. Hello, Northern California. This is Rollin from the Flag Center. Winter rain and wind is hard on flags. So until March 21st, bring us that tattered old glory, and we'll give you 15% off any all-weather Tuftex American flag. Stop in and see us at 2124 Hilltop Drive or on the web at theflagcenter.com. The Flag Center, since 1982. American flags, American made. When people ask me for a recommendation for a heating or air conditioning company, I always say Alliance Heating and Air. Why? Well, they've been taking care of our HVAC system for 14 years. Professional, friendly, and willing to go to the extra step for their customers. I have found no problem too difficult or too minor for them to repair. I recommend Alliance Heating and Air with no reservations. You can reach them at 530-221-2642 or online at homecomfort.org. And they have 24-7 emergency assistance. Alliance Heating and Air. Hi there, Shasta County. It's Dan Sloan. I want to thank Republicans across Shasta County for selecting me to serve as your GOP leader. Your faith in that leadership has motivated me to run for Shasta County Supervisor District 2. I'm the only candidate in this race that is a lifelong Republican with a history of fighting to protect our conservative way of life. With my experience, I will protect the foundational values of Shasta County. Criminals will not receive a get-out-of-jail-free card because we will keep our jail open. You have the right to arm yourself, and I will protect your Second Amendment. Taxpayer dollars won't be needlessly wasted on programs that don't benefit you. And remember, government is done best when we do the opposite of what Gavin Newsom says. A vote for Dan Sloan is a vote for conservative Republicans. Vote for a leader who understands your needs. Vote Dan Sloan. Paid for by the committee to elect Dan Sloan. 
Get ready for a night of musical enchantment with Edwin McCain in the Wind River Resort and Casino Event Center on Friday, April 5th. Immerse yourself in the magic of his unforgettable hits like I'll Be and I Could Not Ask For More. Get your tickets now and let the music take you on a journey you won't forget. Tickets include $10 free slot play. For tickets or complete details, visit windriver.com or call 1-800-280-U-WIN. Find your moment at Wind River Resort and Casino. Hi friends, RC here, bringing you this month's Cigar of the Humidor, the Diesel Vintage. A smooth burn, a perfect draw, and flavor for days. This is what an expertly crafted Parejo from the farms of A.J. Fernandez offers us. The Diesel Vintage is everything we seek in a fine and exceptional cigar experience. Get yours today at Tobacco & Brew, Redding, California. We've lived in Shasta County for over 50 years. We have never actively volunteered in a political campaign. The incredible waste of our taxpayer dollars compelled us to act. Our county is in crisis, but District 1 Supervisor Kevin Cry is at the heart of the problems we face. District 1 residents are coming together from all political parties. The election is nearing. It takes all of us to restore county government. Stop reckless spending. We need your vote to recall Kevin Cry. Paid for by the committee to recall Kevin Cry. For over 50 years, House of Realty has provided experienced and effective advice to its real estate clients. Experts in residential, commercial, and investment property, we have the knowledge and tools to assist you with all of your real estate needs. Family-owned and operated since 1965, we have been an active part of the Shasta County community for generations. Please call House of Realty today at 241-8300, a reputation for excellence since 1965. Welcome back to Free Fire Radio here in the studios of KCNR, 96.5 FM and 1460 AM, your talk radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. Tomorrow, Congressman Doug LaMalfa and Mary Rickert, running for re-election in her district, will be on. She'll be on about 7.15 in the morning, and uh, Congressman LaMalfa about 8, I hope. It's always a toss-up, but... uh, that's on tomorrow. I'm with Rocky Heron today, and it's been a fascinating interview. I wish I had another hour. Uh, he a uh, retired DEA agent, and now his, his mission in life is to go to schools and talk to students. And he's here. He's going to be at 10 o'clock this morning. He's going to be talking to about 913-year-olds uh, at the Cascade Theater, talking to them about making the right decisions and taking charge of your own life. And the dangers of drugs, especially fentanyl. And then tonight at 5:30 at the SCOE Professional Development Professional Development Center off on Innsbruck, it's for parents. And how many how many people can you put in there? Oh. 75. 75. Yeah, room, there's room for plenty. Typically, parents won't show up. So I'm I'm hoping that if the parents who are listening, I want you to understand something. You're not safe. Right, this drug problem is hitting everybody. You, it doesn't matter your demographic, your income level, your education level, where you live. Um, your kids are being exposed to this stuff, and I think not enough parents 
are taking the trouble to learn the reality around their kids. So we're doing the parent event this evening. It's free. There'll be light refreshments there. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to invite you. If you want to learn more, if you like what I'm doing, you don't like what I'm doing, come and tell me. Question and answer session? Absolutely. you got to tell us this in advance. We might be able, on you know, things like this, to, uh, to broadcast that if you give us enough time. But one of the tools that my county – I work for the San Diego County Office of Education uh, – and we created a video series, and there's six 15 to 20 minute videos based on what I teach in the schools, mm-hmm. and they're freely available on the website. And I'll, I'd like to give out that that link um, to these free videos, and it's www.sdsandiegocoe, San Diego County Office of Education dot net slash I choose. And my recommendation to parents is sit down with your kids and watch these videos together. They're 15 minutes long. Just sit and watch. Don't watch it alone. Don't send your kids to watch it. Sit down and watch it together. And when it's done, say, hey, does that guy make sense? The parent, you know, ask the kid, is this, is this what you're seeing in the schools? And that will start the conversation in the home. Because as much as good as I hope I can do in an hour or 90 minutes, the conversation has to happen. The help, the strong conversation has to happen in the home. And it's not. You know, I don't think enough parents are actually having the real conversations, and they're not making themselves a safe place for the kids to come no, with questions. because they trust their kids. Oh, my kid would never do that. Well... Guess what? They are. Well, and, and a lot of parents think that the drug offer is going to come from some bad kid. No, it's going to come from their best friend. It happened to my daughter, all three of my daughters. I tried very hard to keep my own kids away from drugs and alcohol, and along the way, they made some dumb choices. Every one of those, because it was pushed on them by the, the boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, teammates, and uh, that's why I just believe so strongly in reaching the kids. I mean, I want, to do, I want parents to come, but my prime audience is getting the kids in the school or in this theater. They may not want to be there, but they're going to hear the truth. And they're going to learn a lot more about the actual drug threat. And, you know, many of them might still make the same stupid choices. But all of them will be better informed about those choices when they leave these sessions. Let's hope that they uh, take their phones away from them. Oh, they're off their phones. No, trust no, me. Let's hope so. The kids are listening to me. And, uh, Good. Because kids have a tendency now to lose themselves on their, uh, on their uh, phones. No, it's funny. I'm, I'm not nice to the kids. I show okay. up and I'll say this one. I say, hey, look, I'm not here to have you like me. I don't care if you like me or not. I'm here to have you respect me and listen. And if you think you're going to talk over me, you think you're going to disrupt, it's not going to go well. And it's funny because it's sort of counterintuitive, but I'm, I'm very stern with the kids up front, and it works. And the kids tell me that they appreciate it. Of course that. they do. Kids, need, kids want structure. Yes. And that's one thing you learn in the military, too. People thrive in structure. doesn't mean you can't be free and think of all that, but if you have a structure, so you're telling the kids, you need to listen to this. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put up with your BS. So yeah, no, I see how that works. So parents need to get involved. There's a series uh, that uh, they can 15 minute videos. They can sit down with their kids and say maybe they're gonna learn a lot too. Because like you said, it's not some guy standing on a corner that sneaks on the campus. It's the uh, it could be the uh, homecoming queen. My my youngest daughter was 11. And she stayed most weekends at her best friend's house. And I knew the family had been to the home. What I didn't know is that family had a 17-year-old son that liked to smoke marijuana. And those parents thought it would be better to buy it for him and let him smoke it at home than have him getting in trouble out in public. So for more than a year, my own daughter, I'm the drug education guy, right? My own daughter was getting stoned on weed every weekend for more than a year. Oh, my God. How did you find out? Seven years later, um, six years later, I got in a big argument with her. And I accused her of lying to me and, and using drugs. And she goes, Dad, I don't use drugs anymore. And I said, what? And she explained the whole story. And I said, okay, well, why did you stop? Thank God you stopped. Why did you stop? And she said, God bless her. My daughter said at like 13 years old, she realized that marijuana just on the weekends was changing who she was. 
It was changing her personality and her motivation, and she didn't like it, and she stopped. Her best friend, the one that got her into it, didn't stop. She got pregnant, dropped out of school at 16. Now she's a lovely single mom at 23 with two kids. And you know, marijuana didn't kill that young woman, but her family had big dreams for her, and, and marijuana changed her whole life. So and it just that's just one anecdote in my family. But, it, again, too many adults think this is not going to happen to their family. They think their kid's too smart. They're afraid to have the conversation. There's multiple obstacles. And so I'm hoping that my work, and many parents tell me that my, that, they learned about me because the kids come home after school and are still wanting to talk about me, right? Because my presentation is so powerful and so emotional that the kids hours later are, are still churning on it mentally. Do you have a web website? Yeah, yeah, www.rockyheron.com. Um, I've got some videos of my work and, and uh, some links. And um, I've gone to 17 countries now, and I've done 1,200 of these presentations in 17 countries to 220-something thousand kids so far. Um, I'd like to talk to a lot more kids. Um, I'm hoping that Shasta County Office of Ed will bring me back, you know, in the future. I love, I love coming up here and, and I, I love your community and, and. It's a wonderful community. We got our problems. Well, and, well, we but, I, problems. but what I'm really loving is seeing so many community leaders leaning into this problem mm-hmm. and, and realizing we have to do something different. It's our future. And if, if we can't protect our kids, then what are we doing? If what the are kids we aren't for? warned, whose fault is that? That's our That's fault. Our fault. And the other thing is, it comes, it, it does come down. You can be as protective. Look at you, a DEA agent, and your kids are having, you know, using drugs, and you didn't know. So that's what the thing is, is parents, you got to get involved. you got to know what's on their phones. We had, a, we had a friend of ours that she would go and look at her kids' phones every night, and she told, told her circle of girlfriends, oh, my, my daughter wouldn't do that, my daughter wouldn't do that. And then she said, well, go in there and check it tonight. They came back, you know, next time they all got together. Oh, my God, the things that were on their phones. And, yeah. because, and they just had no idea. No, parents don't, parents don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Right? And then the algorithm, the social media algorithms, what we don't realize as adults, they don't show us what they're showing our kids. Right? You can look at your social media and think, well, that's what my kids are saying. No, the algorithm is sending different stuff to your kids. It's very different what it does. Now, as we're coming to finish, though, I want to, yeah. I want to ask Here your audience. Two minutes. I would like to ask your audience, to, if they want to learn more, go about tonight's event or today's event, tonight's event. Go to the Shasta County Office of Education Facebook page. And they've got information about the event this evening on the page. They've got more information about what we're doing in general. Well, when I saw it, when Kerry reached out, I said, oh, no, got to get him on. And glad we were able to work it out like that. And, uh, I, frankly, I've just heard about it the first time is that there was a parents' meeting. Because uh, I was kind of focusing on you in, the, in, the, uh, in your presentation. But tonight, my friends uh, at, the, at SCOE's uh, professional, whatever, what, professional development center, there's room in there for 75, 100 people. Go there, and if nothing else, you're going you're to learn about how can I help my child right. through this. And there'll be, there'll be other people there who can, if, if families have concerns about kids currently. The time tonight for the event is 5.30. 5.30. And today, and you can't go to today, but that's going to be at the Cascade at 10 here about an hour from now uh, for – 913-year-olds. And that Cascade is the most beautiful venue I've ever Isn't spoken it nice? in. It's gorgeous. Isn't it nice yeah. in there? It is. Hey, Rocky, thanks a lot. And I appreciate what you're doing. And you're, somebody who's been on the front lines, you've seen it. You've seen it from conception drugs, yeah. from, from the labs themselves to coming across the border uh, to starting with you got – if you picked up a 1,000 pills, it was huge. Now they're picking them up in the millions. Doesn't cost – and they're selling fentanyl for a buck. A pill. It used to be 30. So that tells you something. That's scary. It is scary. We're in scary times, and we need to start changing what we're doing.
take a look at uh, Rocky's uh, website, Rocky Heron, R-O-C-K-Y-H-E-R-R-O-N.com. And I'm sure there's links into that San Diego, uh, your video series for that. Yes. Well, thanks a lot for coming by with us today. Thanks and, for talking. Uh, it's so important. It's All so right. important. Well, hopefully when I come back next year, we can get back on the air. I'd appreciate that. Oh, you are always got a spot here. You come up here and do some fishing. Hey, Carl, can I come uh, on the show? Now it's sounding better. Yeah. The best trout fishery is right here on the sack. Uh, Don't offer if you're not serious. The, I one of the top top fishing areas right here is uh, got to come up come up for the rodeo, which is great, and then you fish. It, you, you just go on Lake Shasta during the day, or you're on the rivers fishing, and then you go to the rodeo at night. That's the deal. I'll be here. Perfect. It's perfect. Okay. Thanks a lot, buddy. Tomorrow, Mary Rickert and Congressman Doug Lamalfa. Everybody have a great day. The rain's going to start, and God bless America. Kissing on Shasta Redding. Regional Medical Center.